Good evening, everybody. Draft for Upside in the Cup, PGA Edition. Johnny Danger here with me, Brewery Mark, and, oh, look at that, D4U Adam. I like that. Did you change your Twitter to that, Adam? No, not yet. Oh, come on, man. Get on the game. Beer, beer. Well, Adam's jumping in, so we will start this, of course, with what's in your cup? Hop Slam by Mr. Adam, I see. I'm keeping it in the bottle. I like it. I could put it in the cup, I guess. Might be. You could. Mark, anything in the, the cup I for you, sir? I have a New Belgium Higher Plane IPA Hazy Imperial IPA. I like it. What'd you think of my new intro, huh? huh? I liked it. Yeah, good stuff. And our new our new network. I like it. Officially launched as of today, iLogicMedia.com. Adam, are you excited to be part of this? I definitely am. Um, Heck yeah. Anything we can do to get our you know listenership into double digits, I'm all for, man. That's right. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, I have a little gift from a friend. Stopped by my house and had a garage beer with me. It's a pretty beer. This is called a Cubert from Ascension Brewing Company. Fruited sour ale with strawberries, bananas, white chocolate, vanilla beans, and lactose. That sounds creamy. That sounds sweet. That sounds creamy. Wait. Oh, yeah. I love that sound. Did, uh, Look, I even got yeah. a fancy glass and everything. Did Adam come Adam over? I know. Uh, ben Gould. Oh. Uh, good friend. Used to brew at Witch's Hat. Now brews at Ascension. Oh, man. This is... Thick. I don't know if you can see that, but whew. oh yeah, there, that's a thick boy. Gosh. That's a thick boy right there. Good boy. Apparently, this glass is very dirty too. I'm sorry I showed that on the air. <laughs> and then just swigged right from it anyway. No, that's. Hey, I'm not proud, and I'm not a proud man. It's a true story. Um, well, <laughs> anyways. I'm super excited, man. iLogic is already kind of taken off. We've got a few hundred uh, people like it already, and uh, we've got some good shows on there. we got some stock tips. we got our sports shows. Uh, I don't know if you watched any of that Brackets Baby, but that was um, kind of a fun card game that uh, in, incorporates some March Madness into it. And then, of course, uh, next Wednesday, yours truly and a couple of special guests, special guests are going to start a show called Whiskey and History. And we're going to talk about the War of 1812 and how the British took over Mackinac Island while drinking some whiskey. I'm excited for that one. Oh, it's going to be fun, man. I can't wait. So 8.30 Wednesday night. Adam, your whole head's covered by our logo, man. You're going to have to, like, get low or point the camera up or something. I don't know, man. I got to see that beautiful face. I can't I can't handle it. You can switch me and Adam. I tend to slouch. Oh, I could do that. Watch this. Whoa. There you go. Yeah. That works. I like that. You like our new logo up in the left-hand corner there, Adam? I do. I do, yeah. Pretty sexy. I'll have to reposition my camera. Pretty sexy. No, you're good, man. You look good. I like it. I'm going to do a quick share on social media here. While uh, you guys tell us about what's going on in the PGA this week. First, Adam, how did you do in DFS last week? I know we, we placed about 20 bets between the two of us and somehow forgot friend of the pod, Kevin Knott. I'm still very saddened by this, but uh, DFS week was terrible, and I uh, hit none of the bets. Did you get any of your top 10 or top 20 weight? I did. I did. I won uh, $12.50 back of my uh, $34 I wagered. You can't. You can't. You too about that. But, what? It's just, I got more ammo for this week, right? I, I was thinking back to the show last week, and I went back to business. But we recommended a lot of really good plays. 
I just didn't piece them all together. I didn't play Kevin Na, so that that hurt a lot. Did I play- did play Kevin Na in my all Asian lineup. You did. We talked about that one on Wednesday night after I'd had it. I did. Yeah, you talked me into Doug Gim. I uh, I have lost respect for you. Didn't you say he was thirteen percent owned? Oh yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense, but at least I wasn't the only one. I have late night thoughts on Wednesday evening about Doug Gim. Yeah, man, wasn't uh, wasn't pretty. But let's move on. Let's move on, shall we? We're we're nothing but resilient around here. Let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, American Express, shall we? We're a forward-thinking show. I'm ready to move on too. Although it still it hurt me a little bit to watch Brendan Steele crap way week. Lost in the playoff last year. I was hoping he'd rebound and the playoff. But here we are, and like you said, we're moving on to the Amex, right? That's right. Marky. So where are we going? We're going to California. And we got a 5 a.m. Eastern kickoff time. Kickoff, tee-off time. I'm on the wrong show already. Yeah, and luckily this is usually a program, but they uh, they canceled the amateur part of it. So all pros, I, and it's a gigantic field from what I remember. I think there's 140 or 150 golfers in this this, this time around. Yeah, I'm sure the players are not. Too saddened by the lack of amateurs playing with them this week. <laughs> they do that shit to appease their sponsors. But um, you doing the course breakdown? You want me to blow through it real quick or what? Yeah, go go for it. All right. Well, it's a bit of a unique week. Not my favorite kind of format, but we do have three courses being played this week. Normally, because they need to make room for enough players with the pro am, so they got a couple of courses nearby. But we're going to focus on the PGA West. Uh, stadium course, which is where two of the four rounds will be played, as Danger mentioned. So they're going to rotate one, rounds one, two, and three, and then the final round, everyone will be on the stadium course. So that's where we have our shot link data. That's where we have stroke scan data from past years. So that's what we'll stick to. Not an overly long golf course, especially when you consider it is in the desert and the ball is going to roll on a long ways and carry a little further than it does at sea level. So we're just under 7,200 yards, par 72. So that means pull, uh, four par fives. But our five scoring is definitely one we're going to look at, Mark. Um, not an overly difficult course, relatively flat. You'll see a lot of, uh, what do they call it, the native area this week. When you're watching Shot Trace or Shot Link on uh, PGA Tour, you'll you'll wonder where your guy just went because it looks like it's middle of nowhere, but that's called the native area. Sometimes it'll say <laughs> um, Scores are very, very low here. Uh, the last few years, it's been 26 under the last two and then 22 the year before that. So, you want birdie makers for sure. Um, obviously, you want guys that can can stick it tight with their approaches and take advantage of opportunities. But nothing crazy to speak of with a resort style desert course. Similar, a good comp would be like TPC Summerlin, where the Shriners is in the fall. Um, so, I some some scoring from that event. Who played well? That's playing here this week. So, anything to add? I'm seeing uh, my model really liking the guys long off the tee this week. So what did you weight in your model? Um, you know, recent form, I think, is really important. Um, it's a new season. The guys that have played the last couple of weeks, I'm really high on the guys that finished, like, top 25, top 30 in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Really high in that. Um, off the tee just seemed to kind of um, um, pop for me this week. I, I, you know me. I'm not usually about the bombers. I like the, I like the arg. I like the guys around the green. Um Approach is usually pretty big for me, but I, I like short game here and I like uh, off the tee and uh, putting too, because I think the putting is absolutely crushable this week. 
totally agree. These greens are smooth. If you read them well and hit your line, you should be making a lot of pots. So, Mark, what stack categories are you looking at this week? What are you waiting heavily? Uh, I'm I'm going. My number one is approach. Um, this this is a course where a bomber can get out there, but it's all about that approach shot still. Um, you know, this is getting on the green in regulation or or under it and making birdies. It's a birdie fest, so I like approach first. Um, then I'm looking at um, birdie percentages, and then off the tee. Um, I'm not doing arg this week. Sorry, danger. No, no arg this week. No man, arg's the best. I know. Usually, I, I play it a lot, but on these on these birdie fest courses, I just don't think it comes into play them that often. Yeah, the, the course is a little too easy to to be missing the green. Yeah, exactly. You want to contend for sure. Yeah, and then uh, par par five scoring to round it all out. Yeah, I think you have to wait par five scoring, and we've talked about it before. Strokes gained approach should probably be the top of your model, like three out of every four weeks. There's just so much correlation birdies made and um, being strong with your approach shots, and then between score like DraftKings scoring and birdies made. So you just have to, you have to weight that heavily, but um, no, I'm excited about the week. It's not my favorite with three different courses, but it's a little bit of a crapshoot. You'll see some guys, you know, who my old friend, Bud is uh, definitely in play this week. He usually plays well here. Bud Cauley. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to be highly on, but I don't really care. I like it, man. Um, yeah. Three, three different courses is really kind of tough to project out for because you got to put a lineup together for the whole weekend. Um, but do you like to play individual showdown days, weeks like this? Do you think you can get an edge on that because the, the course changes? I do. Yeah, if you're paying attention, especially after round one, if you have a guy shifting from the PGA West course um, to one of the other two courses, you've got some strokes gain data on that guy and his stats for round one or round two before they go to that next course. So specifically in those rounds when they're going to, what does it look? Quinta, that's really, really easy relative to the other two. You know, La Quinta is uh, Spanish for next to Denny's. Oh, <laughs> La Quinta Inns. <laughs> Damn to myself. Ho hotel humor, hotel humor. Okay. That's good. <laughs> Mark got it. <laughs> I did. Oh. Right away. <laughs> yeah. La Quinta, La Quinta is like a like a step up from a red roof in, and they all send to be right next to a Denny's. That's it's funny. I vaguely remember passing. <laughs> yeah. So the the important thing for me is having that stroke scan data or seeing who's trending well. Guys that have struck it really well and maybe didn't quite putt as well, but are ready to break through. Um, I like looking at round one and two data from the course we do have that information on, and then looking at who's heading to whatever you said, into next to the Holiday Inn or whatever. Um, yeah, I like seeing those guys leaving that course where we actually have some data on them and, and seeing who's going to play well. So, yeah, I like those showdowns, long story short. Yeah, I dig it. Well, before we get into the DFS breakdown, let's take a quick moment to uh, give a shout out to the show sponsored Measure Golf Ann Arbor. Head on down to Ann Arbor. Go see Adam right there in the middle. That guy. Go see Adam and his friends at Measure Golf. Ann Arbor, go to measuregolf.com, figure out how to fix your swing, enjoy golf even more, maybe even get some custom clubs if you want to throw away those clubs your uh, grandfather's, uncle's, brother's, cousin handed down to you. That's what I play on. I can't wait to bring those in and show you my swing and my clubs, Adam. You're going to just, it's going to be awesome. This is going to be great. 
Uh, just head on down there and tell them Johnny Danger sent you when you book your evaluation. And Adam, uh, with Adam, and Johnny will earn a free lesson. Believe me, I need them. And then we'll like go every one of the lessons progress. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get this breakdown started. We are going to talk the PGA, the American Express DFS on DraftKings. Uh, we had John Rahm withdrawal, so just get him straight out of there. Let's not even talk about him. Uh, Adam, why don't you go ahead and kick us off these these top 10,000 guys. What are your thoughts here? Uh, we're left with four now, right? I mean, that's right. all we've got. So you're picking between Cantlay, Kepka, Finau, and Reed. And honestly, Reed hasn't shown much recently. Kepka, who knows what he's going to bring to the table. He hasn't played in quite a while. Cantlay was okay last a uh, couple weeks ago, but not super excited. I'm I'm kind of honing in on Finau here, personally. But those are the four above 10K, and that's really the only one that I'm overly interested in right now. Mark, what say you? Uh, I'm I'm fading this whole um, area. I will not be playing anybody in the five-digit range. Um, I, their upside is just not there for me. Um, if if you uh, push comes to shove, I would say Cantley for me is the best of the bunch. But I don't. I honestly don't think I'll have any of them in any lineup. No Cantley. Nobody up top. Uh, no, I no. am on the Cantley. I I like Patrick Cantley here. Uh, I think he kicks off his season here. He got he got knocked the rust off earlier and uh, i like him I, I i can get behind finau finau really bugs me in the 10k range though I, I just feel like he has not proven himself with guys like sumjay in how absolutely just right across the board steady sumjay m is he's not winning but he's finishing you know top 15 pretty much every week patrick's read a guy that's proved himself kepka's a winner john rahm is one of the best in the world uh wolf's a great up-and-comer it, it Finau just kind of it's a sore thumb there man i mean i you know i like him adam we like him every week but i just i don't know if i can play him at 10-5 man i think that's the reason i want to play him because people are going to shy away um because they're not used to seeing that numbers before the comma and it's right so i'm actually excited to play him because he's a little higher priced and you might look at it and go wow he's more expensive than him he's more expensive than wolf but i think his ownership will be depressed a little bit because of that and i'm, I'm jumping in for that reason all right fair enough let's go ahead and move a little further down here at the 9k range it's a, a little deeper than the 10k range newly uh, minted PGA Tour 2021 champion Kevin Na has bumped up into the 9,000 range, man. I, I love him. He's been pretty good. He was good the week before last, too. $9,000? I mean, he's a streaky player. Do you just keep riding him while he's hot? I don't know. No. Nope. Whatever the opposite <laughs> uh, the Kevin Na whisperer is, that's pretty much what I am. I always <laughs> my way off of him when he wins and then find my way onto him when he just scraps the bed and misses the cup by five so i feel like it's a ryan palmer from last week situation where you're like no kevin not at that price i can't do it in this field and that worked the fate of ryan palmer worked out for us last week so that's that's where i'm going and chris will probably yell at me again on sunday when he makes 75 birdies and wins but it is true fading him 
Yeah, I mean, I'm fading him more of the fact that his price jumped up, of course, as it rightfully should. Uh, and um, I just don't like taking back-to-back winners. I mean, you don't need a winner, right? You're picking six people. You just need people to finish. So it's not like you need back-to-back winners. It's just if I'm going to pay 9000 or above for a guy, I want to believe the guy's got a legit sh- shot to win. And uh, I just don't know if Kevin Na has the back-to-back chops. So I'm out on him there. But I'll tell you, another guy, um, this whole this whole thing just pops for me, man. Uh, Sun JM pops for me. Wolf really pops. Scheffler, I love Scotty Scheffler this week. Um, answer, I dig it. Henley, absolutely. Uh, even Champ sneaking in at 8,900 at the bottom of my screen there. I mean, I love this area. I'm going to have to play a bunch of lineups because I want a lot of these guys, and um, I, you can't do it in one lineup. No, probably not. So, Mark, you're not even playing anyone from the 10K range. So, who are you playing here at 99 and below? You got some lineups here. Yeah. So, you're going to laugh at me. We do usually. It's fine. But um, the the early in the year West Coast Southwest swing is where Ricky makes all of his money. Um. He doesn't have great course history here, but that's what the Pro-Am. Um, he tends to be an ambassador for his brands. He's going to get a little break from that this week. Um, and he's taking a little break to correct that swing. So from from this 9,000 range, I'm looking at Ricky Fowler. I do like Scotty Scheffler. Um, his strokes gained, especially um, uh, off the tee. And uh, TD Green are excellent. He's uh, actually ranked fourth for this course. Uh, Kevin Na, I'm fading. And uh, I really like Russell Henley again. Um, you know, he, he was the uh, one of the few bright spots for me last week. I think I'm going to go right back to him. I'm actually not going to laugh at you for Ricky. And I was just looking at, at Russell Henley's strokes gain data. It makes me want to play him, but I just can't. I can't do it at a birdie. Fight. <laughs> That's probably the wrong, the wrong thinking. I'm actually with you on Ricky. I think it's going to be very similar to Finau, where you kind of go, "Hey, he's like, he's in the wrong price range here. He should be in the eight thousands with the way he's played." But he's definitely a guy that thrives more on the on the birdie fast type courses. Um, that's kind of the way I think. And I love Scheffler too. The guy that we didn't mention was uh, was Matty Wolf. Danger. I'm actually I'm fading Sungjae though. He hasn't been as steady as as you may think. He didn't have a great finish last week, and uh, he just really hasn't been putting very well. So that kind of worries me on a course where you got to make a ton of birdies. But I'm down with those three: Ricky Fowler, Scheffler, Wolf. Him leads the field though in the last like four months of top twenty five. So I can't write him off. But yeah. That's- I mean, he's the fifth highest priced guy now. That we're yeah. No, I like Wolf, and I did mention Wolf. I I said uh, I said I, I was a big fan of Wolf. Right, so I I have a I have a star, a circle, and an underline next to him on my uh, on my uh, my sheet right here. I get nothing. I like Wolf. I like, I'm gonna give him another star, just right now while I'm thinking about it. What do you think of that? I think we should move to the AK range. All right, we're gonna move along. 
Fair enough. All right. I already said I already like Camp Champ. I feel like he's just kind of that guy who's going to compete every week this year. And uh, big fan there, man. Uh, Lefty, I'm probably going to continue to fade him um, as we usually do. I like Paul Casey. What do you think of Paul Casey? Meh. Well, you, are you going on uh, your ARG stat? Because he's one of the worst in ARG. No, I am not. I'm not. I'm doing no <laughs> ARG this week. Begrudgingly doing no ARG this week. He is the least pirate-like person in the field if we're going based on ARG. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I mean, Paul Casey's got great ball striking. Um, he's uh, in the top 10 and off the tee. Uh, he's ranked 11th uh, on approach. So I yeah I don't I don't hate it. Um, I think there might be a, a couple of better plays in here, but I don't hate it. I just feel like he's got the pedigree to compete in on a Sunday. I think that he's got the experience that playing three different courses isn't going to phase him, and I think he's going to go a little under owned. So I, I just I just kind of like where he where he lines up. Yeah, that's one thing is ownership. Um, Let's see where he's owned because I, I mean that that makes a big difference when you're talking about a player in that range. What's up with know. 8,800 old man in his 50s? I know he plays great in the desert, but my gosh, is that a lot to pay for a Champions Tour player? Yeah, yeah. it's because he always plays. He always plays good here in the pro am, but we don't have the pro am, so he's not showing off, right? I just I don't think he can keep up. Yeah, he doesn't have the celebrity wives to show his calves off to. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Can't fault him for doing that, though. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, All right, so so interesting. Paul Casey. We're talking about Paul Casey, right? Right. Um, calculated ownership. Pro projected ownership is 8%. See, that's um, nice for somebody at the top end of salary. People there. on Fantasy National who are generating lineups, he's at... 10%. So people look at it like he's not he's not going to care, he's not going to take it seriously, but in case he's good, he's almost better when his mentality is a little more laissez-faire, you know, he's he's going to go out there and make a ton of birdies. I'm actually talking myself into Casey the more we talk and think about it. Especially when you look at like all right, love Lanto the last 2 weeks, but Lanto at 8600, yeah. Adam Long, you know, he won a couple years ago here. Great, but or no, he won last year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, great, but I can't, you just can't, ex mid five, mid eights for him. Pat Kazire, not interested. Sammy Burns, maybe. We talked about Siwoo from last week. He actually has been a Siwoo is another uh, Kevin Na style player in that when he's hot, he just dominates. He does, but he doesn't dominate as often as Kevin Na because he's no. not nearly as good of a putter. No, for, for me, and this is another reason why when I look at this, I'm so excited about that 9K range, and I'm so unexcited about this 8K range. I just don't like it. I, I like Paul Casey. I like Camp Champ, but he's a little expensive, but I do like him. I'm going to have to dig deeper into that. Um, and I'm, I'm really just not interested in anybody else. Kiz actually spikes on my model quite a bit. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, he's been playing a lot better, but he played well swing. But I think Casey's my guy in the 8K range, and I think I'm going to ignore the rest. I'm not going to lie, man. I think it's going to be 9Ks and 7Ks, and I'm going to do kind of a you know that style of lineups. Yeah, I don't really love Champ. I'm going – I like – we've talked ourselves into Casey. I do like some Sam Burns, and I like some Siwoo. Other than that, I mean, Ryan Moore at 8K in this field. 
I guess his home course is the comp course we talked about at Shriners, but um, at TP Summerlin, but I'm just not, I'm not seeing it with him. I like the 7K range a lot better. Mark, any more thoughts in the 8K range? No, uh, I like I like Siwoo Kim. Um, that's just kind of based on his recent recent play and his uh, strokes gain. They're just looking really good right now. So I'm just going to kind of I'm going to throw him in a couple lineups as a kind of a hot hand play. Kind of like we were talking with Kevin Knob. I'm not paying 9200 for it. For sure. All right, let's move along to this top half of the 7Ks. We're going to start seeing some people that uh, are really just coming through on the numbers that I've been pulling here. We're going to start off with EVR, and he's dead to me. Uh, I'm no longer yeah. letting you talk about him, Adam. He's just he's gone until he finishes in the top three. I just don't want to talk about him. So we're going to move along from that. Um, yeah, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. Uh, but I tell you who keeps popping a up. Horrible man. weekend. He had a horrible weekend last week. Yeah, I hate him. I'm done with him. I'm over you talking me into him in the lineups. And he's dead to me. Um, I tell you though, what's popping in my model here? Um, Cam Davis, Chris Kirk. I don't even know who Chris Kirk is. Tell me who Chris Kirk is. What? Chris Kirk is like a multiple-time PJ Tour winner who's yeah. been battling. This is probably not the greatest guy to endorse for our show, but uh, <laughs> he's a recovering alcoholic. Just went. Yeah. He's back on track with his life. Very happy for him. And he just played fantastic last week. And I'm very upset because I was interested in him, especially because he had very uh, high incentive. If he did not finish top three last week, he would not maintain his uh, fully exempt status in the PGA Tour. And he got up and down on the last hole to finish T2. And it was a clutch performance. So I'm happy for Chris Kirk. I'm not interested in him, but I'm happy for him that he, you know, played well last week and retained work hard. Yeah. Davis pops up in my, in my model again. Uh, <laughs> you love that guy. I know, man. He, he just pops in my model. I don't know why I, he just, he just does. He always does something uh, I do. I think I have a Cam Davis uh, uh, like buffer somewhere. I've, I've put in there somewhere like to add 40% ownership or something. I don't know. That's like PR is to me. <laughs> and then uh, Gary Woodland, somebody that uh, we really didn't tout at all for the entire last season, um, except for in a few key spots, but um, uh, mainly because if you just look over there, his one for five cuts made, that's brutal, but it's the first time he's popped in the model of mine in a long time. Not pop. I shouldn't say pop. He didn't pop. He was like 25th. Yeah, he was just, he was brutal last year on the post COVID tour he was just awful i don't know he was just off i don't know if the uh the format the travel the testing something threw him off um i i have a wait and see approach with him i i want to have that approach however it's gary freaking woodland in this field and he's seventy seven hundred dollars we talked about power five scoring i mean the guy absolutely mashes the ball there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to score on par fives. His what's his ownership looking like, Mark? Out super high. Um, in that seven K range too. I'm I'm curious to see what Straka's ownership's looking like because he's coming off a good finish last great finish here last year. So I'm sure he's gonna be like that's the that's the ultimate and, and his strokes gain numbers are always great. So he's probably gonna be super high owned. Wow. Gary Gary Woodland's down at four percent. See, that's sick. People just think he's broken or something. Wow. And he yeah. is broken, but that's fine. Okay. If you get back on him before he is actually, you know, 
I'm, I'm officially adding him to my player pool at 4%. There you go. <laughs> All right. I put him off to the side. Uh, let's talk one one thing here. There, there's a guy I like to read his stuff, and he um, was super, super accurate in his uh, betting last year. And um, he has come out and said he's putting his biggest bet of the week on Doc Redman to get the win. Fuck. He's putting his biggest bet, like his, his biggest outright amount wagered? That's right. Okay. I could see Doc contending here. What? What did he say were the, the reasons that led him to that? Oh, I'd have to go back and find the article. So let's keep talking about this range while I do that. Oh, I like Doc. Um, I love I love a certain player here in the in the 7K range. You guys might be able to guess who it is. We've talked about him a lot over the years. But uh, it's the Postman. I think the Postman is trending, JT Poston. Really? Yeah. Hmm? I do. All right, so the reasoning was less less, less um, statistically driven than I thought when I was reading it before. But uh, basically, he's going to get his first win at some point. It's going to be this year, uh, you know, soon. And uh, this is his premiere for this year for the tour. He kind of fell off after the hot post-COVID start, right? And um, he's 140 to 1. I understand the thinking because they're 140 to 1. I like targeting guys who you know you expect to win. Guy in the fall swing, Carlos Ortiz, you kind of had a feeling he was trending towards that victory. And I mean, some last year, too, he wasn't, the odds weren't as friendly. But guys like that, where you just kind of put your wager on them every week because you know they're going to win eventually, um, I kind of like that. And that's where I'm at with Sepp Strocker right now. I'm probably going to place an outright on Sepp again this week. Yeah, he's tearing it up this year, man. And we've been on him each week. Steph's ball striking numbers are phenomenal. He had kind of. I've had fifty percent for the last two weeks, and I and I have a uh, a first round leader bet on him the last two weeks too. So did he play? I'm in. He played the tournament champions. Uh, uh, maybe not the tournament champions. Did he play? I thought he did. Didn't he? Maybe not. I don't think so. Um, Whatever. All right, I like Adam. Him. Adam, yeah. you got you got to talk me in the JT Poston. I'm going to throw some stats at you. Oh, his his ball striking numbers aren't great right now. Okay, so miscut last three tournaments. So he miscut in the Sony, the RSM at the end of last year, and he missed the cut in the Masters. We go back to his last five tournaments, and here this is going to be positive to your argument. Strokes gained approach, he gained one point one. Strokes gained putting, he gained almost two. However, off the tee is a minus two, <laughs> and uh, tee to green is a minus one, minus point seven. So basically, a minus one. His he's historically a very good putter, and his stroke scan approach has been trending well in the last couple of events. Relative to where it was, like I don't absolutely not going to place a, a wager on him, but for that price, I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if he didn't finish like top. 30 in draft. So you think you think he, he will make the cut on this one where he missed it last week in Hawaii? I do. Okay. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't love it, but he's low A's in a field. Work. Yeah, I mean, 7,300 and can make the cut. That's that's uh, a great price, right, for someone who can make the cut. The goal here is to get 6-6, six six, 
7300 is a decent price. So here's the thing, man. If you want somebody to make that cut, I mean, I think you got to look at McNeely. He's not a huge name to the casual observer, and he's just been making cuts, making the weekend every single week. Does he have win equity? Probably not, but he could hang and he could get a top 15, 7,300. I mean, the way he's been playing for the last several tournaments, I can't not throw him in a lineup when I want to get six to six. Did he play last week? I don't think he did. No, I don't think he did either. Nope, I don't think so. Um Couple of names that are that are at least worth bringing up. Your boy Malnati came through last week, Danger. Dude, I told you, you were right. The pizza guy, and I love Lou Malnati's. I probably gave myself a better chance at a heart attack. Way too much of their deep dish when I was in Chicago. But I accidentally added him to my. He's, he's been he's been playing well. Um, I'm actually going back to the well on Matthew Neesmith. I know it's hard to do after they just disappointed you so hard because I had him like almost 100 percent on last week and he ruined like six out of six. But uh, it is what it is. I'm a forgiving person, probably to a fault, but he's back in my player pool. And then uh, this one's so painful, but Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Can go with Keegan. Please tell me not to. Uh, number two in strokes gain approach. Mm-hmm. Number three in ball striking. Uh, one fifty four in putting, and and then he goes and breaks my heart again. It's like the X I can't quit, but it's like yeah. just it's not the one that I jump back in with. It's the one that I keep on the fringes. I'm like, oh, one day maybe we'll get along, and then just rips my heart out again. But we'll see. He's got pretty eyes. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, you know we're gonna play too much chess because it's what we do. Chesticles hard to resist. Yeah. Yeah, a guy who you know he's he's. I just love watching him play. He he's fun to watch. He competes and he's just forever at that like seventy four to sixty five hundred range. Just like always, just always, just hanging down there, feeling like a value. Um, what about Streelman, man? Uh, is he still working out with them free weights every day? I don't hate Streels. He's definitely still confirmed posting workout videos, but uh, noise. He's like. Ball striking numbers are all right. Not terrible. What about Jimmy Hahn? I like Jimmy Hahn this week. James Hahn's the guy who runs very hot and cold. And he's been he's been pretty hot lately. I'm definitely liking James Hahn. And then there's a couple guys down here where you go, these guys are 7K in this field, like Max Homa and Francesco Molinari. It just doesn't feel right that they're so cheap. But then you look at their numbers and their finishes the last six months or so and it's not pretty um i think if if i'm taking one of those guys i gotta jump on the homa train here but i still love for the price if you're looking for a guy to save some money who's almost definitely gonna make the cut it's it's rory sabatini um on the approaches but just hard not to like him at that price and then Champ from a few years ago, Hudson Swafford, I think he won in 2018, is down there 7K as well. And has shown some signs of life here over the recent uh, three, four months or so. The there, Marky? Well, so we've been talking a lot about the hot hand and the hot players right now. So how do you feel about Nick Taylor? We have um, <clears throat> finished 29th of Tournament of Champions. 
and uh, he gained on uh, two strokes on putting and one and a half on ARG. He finished 11th at Sony and gained strokes all around. Um, do you play the hot hand at only 7K? I don't this week. I just see first round last week, his, his putting numbers were off the charts good. And not that that's completely out of character for him, but I just don't see him creating enough opportunities at this course where it's just an absolute birdie to, um, to warrant playing him. So I'm I'm kind of off Nick Taylor. I just think he had a couple of really really hot hot rounds and not cool, so. what the rest. What about a guy we talked about Woodland? What about a guy who was absolutely broken and we played him every week anyways? Benny on last last season. I don't wait, know. wait and see. I kind of have to at this point. We haven't seen him yet this year, and his. His putting is like, dude, I think Danger could walk out there and putt as well as this. <laughs> I remember last year, though, Adam, like literally we just kept filling our lineup with Benny on because every week he just kept getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And it just literally never paid off for us. It didn't, but I still have a soft spot in my heart for him. If he starts showing some good, good trends, you know, I'll jump back in. I still love you, Benny. All right, guys, we're kind of running long here. So let's get into the value plays, the the deep dives. Um, nothing really popped up when I ran the first model, but I've only one run one. Um, screw that Doug Gim guy. He really screwed me over. <laughs> How about Kramer Hi uh, Hickok? Ah, your guy. Wasn't that the week of the Johnsons or whatever? Yes, it was. I'll just tell you a week. Yeah, that was a good one. I don't know if the finishes were that good, but it was a funny show. No, it was really funny. But uh, no, that, that lineup was trash. My, my Asian lineup actually uh, scored this week. Yeah, last week we would have thrown like Siri or there was another low price guy that did pretty well. Um, mm -hmm. That would have rounded your lineup out instead of, sorry, Doug Gim. You would have been in good shape. But. Yeah, your fault. But uh, actually looking through my model, the, the highest placing guy um, below 7,500 is Kramer Hickok. The highest placing guy? But, like he's the highest on the model. In your model. Below 7,500. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind Kramer. I'm okay with it. Um, it's weird. I gotta say, it's weird seeing Sneds down here at 6,900 in this field. But I mentioned the comp course earlier. The guy that I'm in at the very top of the 6K range, who actually won at the TPC um, Summerlin last year, is is Martin Laird, my fellow Scotsman. Um, he's at 69. I'm pretty interested in that. Mm -hmm. I don't mind a little Vaughn Taylor down here. Uh, Kyle Stanley starting to show some good trends, so I'm liking a couple of those guys. Mark, who are you on up here at the top of the 6K range? Oh, I'm really not on anybody in the top of the 6K range. Yeah, Hickok's uh, the only guy that popped up for me. Not even Ricky, man. I want to play Rowinski. I just I want to, but Jim Herman is uh, is okay. He played very well last week. Yeah, I just – I can't pull the – I really wanted to pull the trigger on Pat Perez. Um, I like Patty. Yeah, his ball striking's been okay. I mean, I think – is this the first time we're going to see him this year? No, he played last week. He played pretty well, actually. Let's see. Yeah, he had a decent finish last week. Yeah, so uh, – yeah, 32nd in the Sony. So Pat Perez, I would say, would be 
someone who I'd be willing to play up here. I like Vaughn too. And if you're looking for guys that, that do gain some strokes, um, I'll strike him to, to the field. I mean, Scott Stallings is sitting there at 600, 18th over the last 50, um, 50 strokes gained approach. So that's not hateful. Um, and then you also got my guy, Luke List. Wait, Stallings is another workout monster, is he not? Oh my gosh, man. His cap. Like, he used to be a chubby dude. Um, <laughs> Real kind of a sloppy looking guy, like similar to Harry Higgs. Now, if you follow those guys on tour, and uh, he's changed the completely. I watched him at the Rocket Mortgage a couple of years ago, and he's just he is a specimen. Probably <laughs> get too. So, fellow, Michigan, how about Luke List though? I I know. I just started mentioning Luke List. It's hard not to like him at sixty six hundred. <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing it. Let's just hop back. He's, when was the last time Luke List was in a lineup that, uh, or in a field that you didn't play him? He's some. Um, I've completely faded him once in the last couple of years. Like it happened here and there. Have you seen the guy in person? Like he's a, he's a monster. But uh, <laughs> no, outside of List, though, when you start going up a little, way, yeah, List. I'm probably when you go up a little bit. I do like Brian Stewart. Fellow Michigan boy, he's been steady. I think you can pretty much count on Stewart finish, making the cut at 6,600. If you're looking for a guy to fill out your lineup, he's not probably going to finish top 20 in DraftKings scoring, but he's probably going to finish like 30th through 50th or something. What about sticking with uh, Lahiri in his hot start? I like Lahiri. Yeah, that guy when he's on, he can make a ton of birdies. And I mean, look at look at the score he put up last week, 86. That's solid. I don't know why he's still so cheap. He's the guy that when I started scrolling down, I went, wait a minute, why is he why is he that cheap? It just didn't really my guess is they're just playing ownership. They figure nobody's gonna play him. Yeah. But a couple of interesting guys too, like Akshay Batia, um, same swing coach as Matthew Wolf, really talented teenager. I think he's still only 19 years old, turned pro at 17. Um, he's a guy who makes a lot and make a lot of birdies, making noise. Definitely very talented. Uh, where did I see just below that? There was oh, Sung Yil No is starting to look good with his uh strokes and approach numbers. Um, he's got a lot of reason to really try and play well here, so I can get on board with with anybody down in the like the depths here that you're liking, Mark. Um, actually, uh, well, I have I have two, but I'm gonna save one for the tipsy pick, <laughs> uh, but. My favorite down here is actually Chase Seifert. Uh, I don't mind Chase. Uh, his, he, he does really good putting, and his ball striking solid. And he's middle of the road on pretty much every other category. I, I just see this at 6,400. He can make the cut and get my lineup through. And that's all you need down here. Right. You're not looking for much more than that. Like I don't, I don't hate Robbie Shelton. He's not, he's not a bad play, younger up and coming player. Um, if we're gonna reach really way down low, maybe I should save it for my for my fifty pick. But um, you got a couple of guys you could talk yourself talk yourself to here if you really needed to. I think that there's actually some funny players down here because it's like how the mighty have fallen. Because like uh two seasons ago we were playing jj spawn like crazy two seasons ago i know 
And uh, he's all the way down here at 6,200. <laughs> I can't talk myself into him. His ball striking numbers used to be great, but he changed something. Like His approach isn't even top 100 anymore. No. I was laughing about Luke List, by the way, too. He's actually one spot worse than Byung-Hun An. Why do I love terrible putters? I just said keep crap. <laughs> because you figure if they've got everything else together, if they have a good putting week, they dominate, and you'll be the only one on them. That's yeah, I think I last week you were trying to talk us into Hideki, right? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I want to get wrapped up and out of here, and we pretty much covered the whole damn field. Please, everybody, this is just a preview. It's only Tuesday night. Um, let's get some more information in. Let's keep looking through these and uh, keep an eye on the draft mm -hmm. for upside Facebook page. We'll put out our favorite plays. Um, and uh, keep you updated if we have any revelations. But let's go through these and kind of uh, kind of figure out where we, we were just one last time as a recap here. Up at the top, um, I liked Cantlay. Um, we had a little love for Tony Finau. Mark wasn't really in love with any of these top guys here. Um, I, I think we all agreed we liked Scheffler. Uh, Mark really liked yep. Fowler. And um, where were you here, uh, Adam? Where are we at, AK range? Nine uh, K range. Okay, no, love Scotty. Um, yeah, we all agreed on Scotty, so Scotty's kind of the show agreement this week. I like those top, like outside of Sungjae, Wolf, Shuffler, Fowler, Mark, and both on Fowler. So yeah, like and I like Wolf too. So that was cool. So as we move down here, I liked Paul Casey. Kind of talked uh, Adam into it. Um, Mark, you were a Siwoo Kim guy right in this range. Yep. As we continue to move down, uh, Adam and I are on the Gary Woodland watch. Gary Woodland watch. I don't know if yep. we can really pull the trigger, but we're on the watch. No, um, I, I jumped on based on his ownership. I like it. Yep. Uh, Doc Redman was my favorite play here. Uh, Marker, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, Mark, Chris, Billy, Joe, Bob. Um, Adam was on the Sep Straka trains here. Um, let's see. Where were we all talking about? Um, you know, we always like a little Chez. And then we just got done talking about our value plays. So that's kind of a recap of where we were. And uh, just uh, make sure that you are subscribing to our YouTube channel, subscribing to the iLogic Media page. Make sure you're checking us out on Draft for Upside. And uh, make sure you're going to check uh, my boy Adam out at Measure Golf Ann Arbor. Sure so really quick before we go in the tipsy picks, let me run down the ownership really quick. Sure. Um, current projections are... Uh, Sam Burns at 17, Scotty Scheffler at 17, Sanjay M at 16 and a half, Abraham Answer, we didn't talk about him at all, at 16, Russell Henley, who I was on at 16, Sepp Straka at 16, Doc Redman at 15, and Siwoo Kim at 13 and a half. Dig it. All right, I'll get us started. The tipsy pick, my friends, are usually uh, plays. Don't don't play all three of our tipsy picks in one lineup. In fact, don't play any of our tipsy picks. But if you're gonna, you know, just pick one. Uh, for me, man, uh, maybe it's just nostalgia. Maybe it's just because I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan. But uh, Hank the Tank Leviota, that's my man this week. Danger. Uh, is there anything unique about the way he likes to golf ball? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just like say what. He's a left-hander. That's all. Oh yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say something weird. Yeah. I don't trust lefties. You know this. Well, you just said it. I know. Hank the Tank, man. He's my tipsy pick this week. 
Too late now. What you got, Adam? Oh man. I just saw that Steve Stricker's in this field too. He's oh yeah, we could play an old man team. We got we got him and a few other guys here. Yeah, who would I just see way down here? Uh Steve Jones won the ninety-six US Open that I was at at Oakland Hills. Like there you go. Same Steve Jones. I'm gonna go with uh Josh Teeter though. Down here, I believe it's sixty-four, Kentucky boy. He's cheap as shit. His name's Josh Teeter. Go with him. Mark Reed. Sixty-two. Uh, I'm going with Siyoung Yu No. <laughs> no. 6,400. I talked him up, man. I, I said his name. What? Sung Yul No. That's right. I didn't hear you. Sorry, he did. man. He did. He I'm, did. I'm stealing it. I'm stealing it. I didn't hear it. Hmm. No, I thought he was a good play at 6,400. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. Adam, it's a pleasure having you back week after week now. I like that. Enjoy it. Uh, I don't know that we're going to do tomorrow night's football show. We might just do the um, first sip Sunday morning before the games. I don't know. We'll have to talk. I don't. There's only two games. Two games, yeah. So uh, I think, I don't know, either Mark and Chris and I or something will go on briefly at some point this week or we'll, we'll come on on Sunday before the games. But uh, football is pretty much over and done with. We'll, we'll post some favorite picks on the uh, Draft Repside Facebook page, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, Mark, are you doing the best pucking podcast Thursday night? Yes, we are. Seven o'clock Thursday. Uh, me and Lou. It's going to be fun. It's our inaugural show. I like it, man. I will be watching. Hopefully, I'll have some money to play when my double ups cash tonight. Hopefully, fingers crossed. They will. Did like you it. play? Did you play my Red Wing stack? Because it's it's. I did. Right now. I did play play your Red Wing stack in the cash lineup, which was. Wait, Probably a GPP play, not a cash play. But Freaking Bobby Ryan is on fire this year. I love it, man. All right. Well, we are Draft for Upside. This is the In the Cup PGA Tour show. And, guys, we'll catch you Thursday night for the best pucking podcast with Mark and Lou. We'll see you then.